My name is Don Stott. I am a father who experienced estrangement from one of my adult children firsthand. Welcome to Beyond the Pain, a place where parents of estranged adult children can find peace and healing. In each episode, I hope to share stories that'll help you through some of your darkest hours. To bring this out of the shadow. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., and stop being ashamed. Then to build you up and inspire you to love yourselves even more. Hello, I want to start by reminding you that I am not a therapist or a doctor. I'm just a guy who's been there and wants to help you have a life past our estranged children. If you need mental help coping with this or have thoughts of hurting yourself or someone else, please seek professional help. Hi guys, on today's show, I will be having a conversation with Leslie. She's a estranged mom as well. And uh, let's let's bring Leslie on. We'll get started. Hi, Leslie. How are you today? Hi, Don. I'm great. I'm so happy and pleased to speak with you. Well, very good. I know we've been, uh, you know, chatting for a little bit. Uh, so I'm glad we were able to f- finally able to... Uh, to connect. That's, that's great. Um, so as you know, um, we just, um, I, I've been doing this for a little while and just like to talk to different people, get their perspectives. Um, uh, even, you know, even I've branched into talking to, you know, I've spoken to one of the estranged children. I hopefully be able to do some more of that, but, um, so I just like to get to know each other. Hopefully, some of the people listening will be able to resonate with with you and your experience and and any insights that you might have. So, um, so I guess let's start by just telling us a little bit about who Leslie is. Okay. Well, I'm 59 years old. I have three grown children. Um, I have three grandchildren. I'm married and I am a mental health counselor with a private practice. Okay. And, um, well, I have a dog and a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good life. Pretty good life. Cool. What area of the country do you live in? I live in Arkansas. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's a little, mm-hmm. little chilly there right now, I'm guessing? A little bit, yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, and so for you, for you personally growing up, how was your home life? Well, um, I was um, very close to my father as a little child. Um, I loved him very much. I think I was the apple of his eye. Um, we had a very close relationship. I, he was so loving and funny and fun and cuddly, and just like a just like a teddy bear. Um, 
I had a very responsible mother. She was a school teacher. I could always count on her. She was very trustworthy. I knew she loved me, but she was a little bit more guarded um, than my father. Yeah. Um, one of my problems growing up was that um, as I went into adolescence, had a mind of my own and maybe became a little sassy. Uh, uh, my father had a very hard time adjusting to that. And um, there were a lot of issues yeah. with him that um, lasted throughout my adolescence. Lots of silent treatment mm. uh, if I displeased him. Um, I, I wasn't a kid who was into alcohol or drugs or um, like some of the major things that um, parents worry about. Right. Uh, but I got into trouble once in a while. And, yeah. uh, uh, you know, this was very devastating to my father. And um, I had to deal with a lot of criticism um, and a lot of silent treatment off and on. And um, my senior year of high school, I was 18, my senior year of high school, I moved out of the family home. And um, I really didn't have the skills to have a successful adult experience. <laughs> uh, and I think he knew that, yeah. but, um, off and on throughout my adulthood, my father and I were estranged okay. and usually he started the estrangement. If I did not, um, engage in a relationship in the way he wanted me to, if I did not do what he wanted me to, if I displeased him in some way, um, he reacted to that by estranging himself from me. Mm, okay. By the time I was in my 30s and married and had my own children, I really couldn't take that anymore. Um, it, it just broke my heart every time we had an argument and he estranged himself from me. So the last time he estranged himself from me, uh, I said, that's it. There will be no reconciliation. I can't do this roller coaster anymore. And it was starting to affect my children. Right. So um, unfortunately, we were estranged when he passed away. Yeah. Wow. So you've you've experienced both sides then, you know. Yes. Um, so that's. Uh, and I've talked to other people, as you know, that have uh, have done that as well. So that's uh, and you know, the more I do this, and the more I talk to people, the more I realize just how much that has happened. You know, in our in our lives. Um, when I lived at home and was growing up, it was the occasional silent treatment. But as an adult, it was it was an estrangement. We would go right. for months. Mm. Uh, at the end, it was years uh, mm. without speaking, and it was extremely painful for me. Of course it was, yeah. Wow. So when you realized what was going on as you you know got older, obviously, and he really estranged, had, had you seen that in your family anywhere else or with other, other people? Had, had you known what that was? There were stories that I heard about aunts and uncles uh, who hadn't seen each other for like 20 years. Yeah. And I remember growing up hearing my father say, you know, some of these people only see each other at weddings and funerals. Mm -hmm. uh, so this seemed to be a pattern on my dad's side of the family of mm -hmm. people getting angry, unable to resolve the conflict. Uh, and, and just remaining estranged uh, for years and years. And I think my father actually, um, he wasn't only estranged from me. I think there were times he was estranged from his own siblings, right. uh, his aunts, his uncles, his parents. Uh, it just seemed to be a pattern in his life. He would cut people off. So you said you have three kids. Are they all estranged? No, okay. no. And... Um, Technically, I, I only have a challenging relationship with one of my daughters. Okay. And technically speaking, we're still speaking. We're right. still spending time together. 
but one of your podcasts really enlightened me about my relationship with her. Okay. And I'll refer to it. Um, it was, I, I took some notes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, it, it was a, a video that you called Four Signs You Are Becoming Estranged from Someone. I remember that. So you said, uh, usually you can look back and see the little things that started the estrangement. Okay, well, that's true. In hindsight, I can look back and see right. where problems started. Um, but anyway, four things. You said, one, they start to become distant and you see them pulling away. All right, I saw that. Yeah. Two, if they become, um, oh, they become increasingly critical of you out of nowhere. And suddenly you, you can't do anything right around them. Yeah. I saw that happening. <laughs> okay. With this particular child. Okay. Uh, number three, if they stop returning phone calls or text messages or emails, that was happening. So I'm, I'm looking at your criteria of four <laughs> things and I've got three of them. Oh boy. And then uh, number four was if they tell you they don't want you in their lives or they need to take a break in the relationship. Yeah. All right. I didn't really get to number four. Okay. Um, she didn't tell me that with words. Right. Okay. Um, so this didn't really happen. But I did feel emotionally cut off from her. And um, I felt cut off from any kind of meaningful connection or any kind of deeply uh, fulfilling um, conversation. Yeah. And um, one day she called me. This is my youngest of the three. Um, to announce, this is kind of silly. She called me to tell me she was going to elope. Now, usually people just elope. elope you know, they don't right. tell anybody they're going right. to elope. That is different. She wanted me to know that she was getting married and that she was going to elope. So I did feel cut off from something very important Sure. And meaningful in her life. Yeah. And uh, that the feeling I had at the time was I'm, I'm losing her. I'm losing her. Mm -hmm. um, my heart sunk and uh, I was very distraught. And, you know, I did all the wrong things. Oh, my God, don't elope. You can't do that. I, I love you. I want to be at your wedding. What do you mean you're going to elope? We're all going to be brokenhearted if we can't be at your wedding. Right. Um, and uh, that was followed by, you know, a period of um, difficult conversations, um, sometimes no conversations. Um, my other daughters were very upset about it. We were all upset about it. Um, sure. so at that point it felt like an estrangement and I, um, she didn't completely cut me off, but there were no, um, phone calls or conversations that were really open Right after that. And Every phone call was a three-way conversation that included her fiance as well, hmm. who um, I knew and liked and felt good about, um, but didn't know him well enough to have a really open, um, completely emotionally authentic conversation with. I mean, he was still basically a stranger to me. Right. Um, so those conversations, uh, didn't feel very real. Yeah. 
Wow. Well, it's funny you bring that up about the, you know, them telling you. And one of the reasons I put that in there, um, you know, you've heard me talk about the Facebook group that I'm in. Um, we'll get a lot of kids will say that, but then the parents, you, we don't want to hear that. I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to hear it. But if they really tell you that, then that's something, you know, you can't, I mean, regardless of how we feel about it, you can't just completely ignore their feelings. Um, it's hard. It's hard not to. But so so I'll get a lot of people in the group. Well, they told me that, but I still did this and this. Well, it might just be that they need time or or maybe not. But you've got to at least try to give them a little time. Um so that's kind of the reason I, I threw that one in there because some people, unless they hear it from some other sources, like our kids, when when we would tell them to do something or not to do something, they would rail at us. But if they heard it from the other their friends' parent that we that they're the cool the cool parent, they'd listen, you know, kind of thing. So, do you have a feeling why you think it happened? Uh, why why she pulled away? What is your thoughts on that? Um, so we are a Catholic Christian family. Okay. Um, it's a little complicated because, um, we're a divorced family. Okay. I notice a lot of, uh, estranged families have a history of divorce. Yeah. Um, so I have two ex-husbands. Okay. My first ex-husband is the father of my oldest daughters. He is Catholic. And I converted to Catholicism when I married him. Because I I had a I was a Christian and I had a, a Christian background, but I really did not have a church or a, a faith community or a faith tradition. Right. And I thought if I'm gonna ma get married and have children. I would like to raise them with a faith tradition. Sure. So why not convert to Catholicism? Right. My husband seems to be doing well with this religion. So we married, um, I converted, and those two older daughters were raised in the Catholic church. Okay. And uh, they really took to it. Yeah. Um, I held on to my Protestant roots quite a bit. Um, I, I may have been a more open-minded Catholic being a, a convert, um, right. the theology, the, the dogma, I mean, when you're not raised in it, sometimes you don't really understand it. Um, yeah, but I, I stayed Catholic. I went to mass. I raised these children Catholic. They were baptized confirmation, everything. So we had a Catholic family, but then we, then my first husband and I got a divorce. Um, I became kind of bitter and upset and decided part of the problem uh, was the bit about being Catholic. So I went through a period where I um, left the church, but continued to support the children in being raised Catholic. Okay. So. I'm divorced. I left the church. I met another man and I married him. Um, we had a Christian marriage and a Christian lifestyle. Um, and we decided to adopt a daughter together. So we had an, that's where child number three came in. We adopted her together. Yeah. Uh, for a while I was going to a um, Christian mega church Right. with my adopted daughter and um, my second husband, but also going to mass with the first two daughters I had with the Catholic husband. Eventually I thought, you know, I, I can't support two churches. This is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> going bet. to two different churches. on So, so I, I returned to the Catholic church and there were also other signs. I happened to be working at Catholic Charities at the time as a mental health counselor and a family counselor. I had a lot of Catholic friends. Yeah. 
um, I graduated from a Catholic college. I mean, there were all kinds of signs that uh, eh, maybe I should just go ahead and be Catholic. Right, right. So my adopted daughter, I, I brought her into the Catholic church with me and with her sisters. Okay. Um, long story short, uh, you know, I sent her to Catholic schools. I sent her to a Catholic college. Um, she decided Catholicism wasn't part of her faith journey. Okay. So I think possibly she was concerned about how the family would feel about her not wanting a Catholic wedding, yeah. not marrying a Catholic man, um, and not, not having Catholicism as part of her adult life. Right. And I think that was behind a lot of the reason why she said, Hey, I'm eloping. Yeah. Uh, she didn't want to deal with that. Now I don't know this for sure. Right. Which brings me to another point. I have a lot of acquaintances and friends and clients who've been through estrangement. And when you say to them, why are you estranged from your children? They'll say, well, I don't know. And I think, how can you not know this? Right. Well, because you don't want to ask a lot of questions. You, you don't want to pry a whole lot. It just starts arguments. So I'm one of those parents who isn't exactly sure if that's, you know, the reason um, I went through this with my child. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't want to bring it up. Understandable, because you don't know where that's going to lead. <laughs> you know, you, you're walking on eggshells, kind of. And, you know, what what's the next step if you say something that's that she doesn't like? You know, so I can understand that. Exactly. Exactly. And so there were a lot of things leading up to this. Yeah. Um, so like number one, you, you said number one, they start to become distant. You see them pulling away. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that uh, the entire time she was in college. Um, very rarely was I in touch with her. Um very rarely did she call me. Um, part of the problem, too, and this this was a mistake I may have made. Um, I was adamant that she go to a Catholic college. One thing I noticed about Catholics was they're pretty good at educating people. Right. <laughs> I've got a lot of friends and relatives who went to Notre Dame, and uh, I went to St. Mary's College across the street from Notre Dame. Um, the Catholic parochial schools... Um, do a pretty good job. I, I just really wanted her in that environment. And, um, that might've been a mistake. She, she wasn't happy with that. Yeah. And so she started pulling away in college. Well, it's so hard, you know, as, as you, I'm sure run across in your profession, we can't read their mind, you know? Um, and if they don't, talk to us or if we're not ready to hear it you know some of it we have to take i get um looking back on mine but um maybe we just don't understand um but if they don't talk to us and get their point across then it's really hard for us to we're only doing the best we can you know you were raised in a difficult environment you're trying to not be that <laughs> as most of us are, and it's, it's difficult. So well not make the same mistakes, <laughs> but you're still going to make mistakes. Yes. <laughs> so, well said. Um, and what you said about, um, you know, the signs that you're becoming estranged, they become increasingly critical. <laughs> yeah. This daughter was very critical of me now. I give her a break because um, I ended up splitting up from her father. 
um, it's difficult for a child to experience divorce in a family. Sure. Uh, at the same time that was happening, her older sisters were going off to college. Mm. That can be sometimes experienced as a loss. That makes sense. Um, also, when she was in the ninth grade, I moved to a new town to take a new job that um, increased my income. Right. And I also met my third and final forever husband. So there, there were a lot of changes and stressors going on. Yeah. Um, so her increased criticism toward me, I just took. Right. You didn't think um, it would. <laughs> I just, I knew she was going through a lot. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. I would be criticized about the way I drive, about where I wanted to park. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> about running late. She really didn't like it when I was running late. Um, if I got on her about cleaning her room or cleaned something up and, and moved something to the wrong place and she couldn't find her things, um, um, there would be a lot of uh, increased criticism over things that didn't, didn't really matter. Yeah. Now to her credit, I didn't have to worry about drugs, promiscuity, alcohol, uh, blatant disobedience. Right. I didn't. I didn't. But I lived with daily criticism. But I do see the stress, you know, in hindsight sure. that she must have been under, you know, with a divorce in the family and older sisters going off to college and me moving to a new town and me meeting a new man. Um, that's a lot for a kid to go through. Sure. If I had to do it over again, I, there would be some things I would do differently. Wouldn't we all? <laughs> I mean, that's wish we had do overs on some of that stuff, but you know, I said, we do the best we can, but sometimes it's just not good enough for them or other people. So, um, and she was know. an excellent student. Yeah. But, but you know, she continued to withdraw from me. And then, you know, after she went off to college, um, she she did start dating, um, yeah. but then she found her fiance, and then he was her total sole focus. Yeah, and I I struggled with that. Yeah, um, I met him. I liked him. Um, but here's when it here's when it really started. When she was about, she just turned twenty one. She said to me. She and I went out to lunch together, just the two of us. Yeah. She said, Mom, I I really want to marry this man and I want your blessing. And she had just turned 21. She wasn't mm. even a junior in college yet, I don't think. And I, or maybe she was. And my response disappointed her. Yeah. I said, honey why don't you finish college and, you know, start your career and have some time as a single woman before you make a big relationship commitment. Right. Um, I said, I, you know, I think you're too, too young and um, I don't think you're ready. Man. That was not what she wanted to hear. Uh, no. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file.
If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And that was the truth from me. I mean, I was right. telling her the truth. Right. So in this same conversation, she said, you know, my other friends' parents, you know, they're more supportive and they're more open and they act, you know, more like their friends to their adult children. And then like an idiot, I said, I'm not your friend, I'm your mother. And Right. What I meant was, I love you more than any friend will. Yeah. I want the best for you. More than any other friend would want for you. You know, so that, that hurt her terribly. Yeah. That, you know, I wish I had a do over. I wish I, I could go back on that and just say, I'm so happy for you that you found this man. Right. Because, you know, I mean, it's the cliche with so often with those you've heard, and I'm sure, you know, you have clients that the more we resist something, the more it's going to make them do it anyway. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm sure with a lot of people, the whatever religion or, or, or political belief or whatever you have, if they don't follow that or, or whatever that or don't want to follow that or or rail too hard against it that that makes a dent in the family so makes a lot of sense but for me at this point i accept her faith journey okay um good she's on her own faith or faith less journey it's right. this is it's not for me to judge or dictate or um, tell her how to do this. And her two sisters who are very, very religious um, are being very kind and open and supportive and loving towards her. And uh, so after she announced this, she was going to elope and I had this just doomsday sense, I'm losing her. I didn't use the word estrangement. I didn't say I'm becoming estranged. Right. I just I thought I'm losing her. Um, after that, I realized I I had to change. Okay. Um, I had to be more accepting of how she wanted to do things and how she wanted to live. Yeah. And I had to um, admit that maybe I made a, a mistake in insisting uh, upon, you know, what kind of college you should go to. Right. Maybe I should have been more open about her desire to marry this man. And uh, I came around. But one thing I couldn't do, I, I couldn't bless an elopement. Yeah. 
mostly because it hurted me. It was kind of selfish on my part. And I assumed that I assumed that she wanted to elope because she just didn't want to deal with us and our reactions. So her sisters and me all decided we were not going to judge her or her fiance, how they wanted to get married, how they wanted to live. We were just going to show them love and support them. We were able to convince them to let us come to their wedding. Oh, well, that's good. At least you got to see it. So um, once my daughter said to us, okay, mom, you can come to my wedding. Then of course, my son-in-law had to invite some of his relatives. So it became, it went from being an elopement that was going to be simple and easy to now we have to plan a wedding. And it was going to be just for family. Right. Immediate family. But then some of my daughter's friends crashed the wedding. They heard about the wedding. They Oh no. So I mean it became what they didn't really want. Yeah. Um but it was a joyous occasion and it was um it was a time when when we really wanted to show her we don't want to be estranged. Yeah. We don't want this um this choice you're making to come between us right and i would like to tell you that you know well everything was just all rainbows butterflies and unicorns after that mm -hmm. but there's been you know bumps in the road along the way and well you know you're getting to know the new husband he's getting to know you guys and their now their dynamic with each other is different than you've dealt with so yeah i mean so of course and uh i still would like more phone calls more texts more emails more visits i really would but i i will settle for what she's willing to give me yeah. i think if i'm pushy and ask for too much uh it'll put stress on the relationship yeah, probably. Very likely, I would think. Um, so I've heard that so many times, um, that kind of thing. That, uh, and, and it was in my experience, too. So, um, And mine was kind of similar to yours in a way that I didn't know my daughter-in-law that well by the time this happened. You've heard it, but um, for those who hadn't, I didn't know her that well. And um, I was certain that she had a hand in, you know, what happened and it turns out that she really didn't, but, um, you know, when the cutoff happens and you just don't know, everything goes through your mind and you try to retrace everything and you try to figure it out. And unless they tell you, <laughs> uh, it's very hard to figure out. So, yes, you are so right. Um, I, I wondered if the new man in her life was controlling her in some way. Mm -hmm. um, he wasn't. I know him now. I've been a guest in his home. Yeah. Um, I spent Christmas with him. Um, he's a good man. But when things like that are happening, yes, everything goes through your mind. Yeah. It's the same thing when, you know, when your kids first learn to drive and they're out of the house and they're on the road. If they don't answer you or they don't end up where they say they're going to and whatever, first thought in your head is they're in a ditch somewhere on the side of the absolutely. road. Absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. Uh, we've all done that. Yes. So, um, so our daughter teases us now she's at college and she teases us now that she, okay, this is the, I'm not dead call, you know? <laughs> so, okay. That's all we're asking. You know, yes. do, your, do your thing, but. Yes, there, so you're okay. there were many nights when I I couldn't sleep. Yeah. Um, I talked to my doctor about that, and I did get some medication to help me at least get some sleep. Um, if I was able to get a text through to her, then that would ease my mind. If I talked to one of my other daughters and they said they heard from her, that would ease my mind. 
if I saw something on Facebook about her and saw she was happy and well, that would ease my mind. Right. But there were lots of times when I just I just had anxiety. Just I don't know how she is. I don't know what's going on. But you know, I I think she needed some space to really figure out who she is. Of course. And um, how she wanted to live and who she wanted to be in her life. And right. I think she was afraid we were going to judge her. Well, so many. She probably has friends that so many of them do. I hear stories, not just about estrangement, but just watching stuff. And so many parents do, especially sometimes when they're from a, a, a ultra religious background that yes. they, you know, have to do everything, you know. And so that's got to be difficult. And you're going to assume when you're a kid that your parents are going to want you to do this, this and this. And if you don't, then, you know there's a lot of issues. So yes, um, yes. So I can understand that. Um, and I think as parents, uh, we need to let our adult children know that um, we support their faith journey, whatever that is. If that takes them away from the way we raise them, we, we have to accept that. You're right. You're right. That's a really good point. Um, Cause if you force them, especially once they're an adult, if you're just guilting them or trying to force them into that little bubble, it's not going to work anyway, you know, and even if they stay with it, it's, it's not going to, they're not really there. They're not really there in their heart and soul. So what yeah. is the point? <laughs> um, and I think regardless of who, what religion and faith you are, I think the big guy would say, let them do their thing, you know, yes. got to be their, their choice. So, um, I don't talk about a lot of that, you know, on here, but, um, but yeah, regardless of your religion or faith or, or lack thereof, you know, mm -hmm. has to be your kid's choice especially mm -hmm. when they're an adult. So do you have a lot of, um, like, Obviously, you're still in contact, but you you touched on it earlier as far as people asking you what you did, you know, or or whatever. Did you have much of that that kind of thing? Why you mean like ranged? Um. So, I didn't really admit to many of my acquaintances that I was estranged because I I didn't really believe I was. Um, I didn't share it with friends. It, it, it wasn't until I heard your podcast that I realized, um, wow, she, she did become distant and pull away. And wow, she is totally critical of me. Um, and oh, she did stop. There was a time when we didn't have phone calls or text messages or emails. I mean, it dawned on me very slowly that this was an estrangement. Yeah. What I would say to my friends was, um, well, we're all, we almost were estranged. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my friends didn't ask me a whole lot about it. Now, my older daughters, um, they would, they would, we would talk about, well, why, why did this happen? Why, how did right. our relationship turn out this way with her? Um, my, my older daughters have a much more open, happy, loving, fun relationship with my younger daughter yeah. than, than I have had. So when we talk, um, they tell me, well, mom, you know, um, this, this happened because you weren't real supportive of of the marriage at first. Um, this happened because you were very controlling about what college she should go to. Yeah. Um, they happened to agree with me that Catholic colleges were good and worked for them. And, you know, right. uh, they, they understood why I wanted that for her, but um, it's a little too pushy there, I think. Um, 
Also, I had a tendency to bicker with her and argue with her and defend myself when she would be critical of me. And I just had to stop that. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, and even, even my husband would say, you're, you're getting on her level. You need to be the older person with the cooler head. That's and, hard. <laughs> that is hard. So I've learned to be uh, as emotionally non-reactive as possible. Okay. If she's critical of me, if she has a different idea than me, if she wants to do something differently than I would, um, I don't comment. Right. Um, if she says something critical, I don't react. Now, sometimes other people around me will react and say, why are you saying that to your mother? Why are you treating your mother that way? But I won't react. And you know what? That has helped me in my relationship with her. Well, and it's probably helped you, period. You know, being able to not give her, give those reactions, you know, because it's got to be stressful. I know for me, stressful on me because I would get that, you know, my, my, uh, whatever you want to call it, um, get all upset and then react and um, cause myself stress, her stress, whoever was around us stress. So it's got to be good for you as well. So yes, to, to not do that. The, the temptation is to defend myself. Uh, and yeah. sometimes I do. I mean, right. sometimes I think she needs to know why I made decisions I made. Yeah. For example, um, having going through a divorce with her father, um, of course, I don't want to tell her all kinds of details that are none of her business, but I don't want her to think that I made this big change in our family just because I was being frivolous. Oh, I fell out of love with your dad or, oh, right. I found a new man or, you know, right. I, I certainly wanted her to know it, it was for an important reason. Right. And so, you know, sometimes I would defend myself if, yeah, if uh, she criticized that decision. Um, and you probably should just because, but, but being able to do it without being like, ah, you know, yeah, probably will make a difference too. I will like, only defend myself if I know that I can do it without losing my temper without becoming emotional. Yeah. And if I have a good defense. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Um, if she hits the nail on the head about something that, yeah, that's, that happened. Well then, you know, that happened. Um, and I've also learned to just apologize a lot, not just to this one challenging child I have, but to all three of my children. Yeah. Um, as you say a lot in your videos, on your podcasts, uh, we're perfectly imperfect. We're not perfect people. There's there's no guidebook. So I know I've stumbled a lot along the way and it doesn't hurt anybody to apologize. No. Now I have friends and clients who say, why should I apologize if I didn't do anything wrong? Well, because it's not going to hurt anybody or anything except maybe your pride. Um, and even if you don't just open up just a little bit of that armor, you know, yes. on them, it could. I even mean, if, yes, you if you don't didn't absolutely believe you did anything wrong, um, right. you're still sorry about the tension, about the stress, about the circumstances. Right. Um, you have to admit you're not a perfect person. Mm -hmm. I tell you, it was really interesting when I spoke to Kenny Weiss, um, because before that, I really didn't, because he's, he's more, listen, the kids are supposed to grow up. They're supposed to go away from us. They're, you know, there's certain things. So he's like, I'm, I'm not, I'm sad that I don't have that relationship, but I'm happy that they are 
grown functioning adults and you know whatever and and there's a certain logic to that yes we want to be involved in our kids lives and our grandkids and all that but i mean at least you can know that you raised a good child they're they're functioning member of society they're not evil <laughs> you know so they just don't aren't following the path that you want them to follow so like you said though is it, they have to get there on their own yeah and and i can't say i disapprove of this daughter's path i can't say that um that's good but i think she was afraid that i would yeah and uh i do want to support her well, that's good and um and her husband and their goals for their life but I think, I think maybe there was a time when she didn't believe that, that I wasn't able to convey that to her. Yeah. Well, it's difficult, um, you know, and hopefully she'll be able to see that a little more, a little more as, as time goes on. Hopefully she'll allow that. I think you're right. And by the way, I saw the, the video with Kenny Weiss. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, He's a very good speaker. Yeah. Um, I, I thought it was great. Cool. Yeah. I, I liked him too. He was, he, he, he uh, I, I made some comment about him. Um, I don't remember exactly what I said, but he gets people uncomfortable, you yeah. know, and sometimes you have to be a little uncomfortable. So, um, to so grow. Was, yeah. Yeah. I was a little put off right at first. And I'm like, mm. but that's kind of when I started changing my perspective a little bit too and i was able to open up a little bit more maybe there's some other facets that i'm not seeing that we're not seeing so which led me into being able to speak to that young man which i thought he was really he was he was a very smart young man he he put a lot of thought into it which i think gives gives us some perspectives that at least some of them you know, not everybody, but at least some of them, there's there's reasons, even if we don't agree with them or don't think they're quite the same way, they do put some thought into it. Some mm -hmm. of them. So, so I think that was important uh, to hear. And I'd like to talk to more of them if possible, but I'm working on that. Right. So, um, but, um, well, so if if your daughter happens to to hear this and she happened to be listening, I know you've said a few things already, but is there any like one resounding thing you would like her to know if she happened to hear you talking about it? I'm really proud of her and um, I support her faith journey or faith less journey. Um, I support her marriage and her career choices, and I love her immensely, and um, I would do anything for her, anything for her. She's she's always um, welcome at my home. Um, I want to be welcome in her home. I don't judge her, and. I'm sorry for the things I've said or, or done that um, hurt her or made her feel like she couldn't trust me or, or that she can't be herself around me. Right. Um, I'm sorry for the, the stress she had uh, growing up in our family. Um, we all love her dearly. I mean, She's always going to be our little dolly. I mean, she, it's, it's like she had three mothers. My, my older two daughters uh, just doted on her uh, hand yeah. and foot. And, you know, we all just uh, love her to pieces. And um, we're, I'm there for her no matter what. And I, I'd love to have more of her in my life, but I accept if, uh, you know, she needs some space. I accept that. That's awesome. That's very good. Have any of the things that happened 
turned into anything positive in your in your in your mind? Um, I've become much more open and accepting um, about um, you know just letting her have her own path. And not taking things, you know, personally, it's not all about me, right? Um, right. I've become more in touch with um, maybe my own neediness that I need to take care of. Um, definitely um, more understanding of my acquaintances and friends and clients who are going through family estrangement. Um you know, I have a much bigger heart and much more humble, um, much more forgiving. So, um, yes, some good things for me have, have come out of this. Um, well, I've really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you a little bit and hearing, hearing about your journey. Um, is there any final thoughts that you'd like to share with with the audience or anything we haven't covered? Well, I do have final thoughts and they might not be good for everybody, but okay. what worked for me was an attitude of, I am never going to give up on this job. I will never, ever, ever give up cool. on connecting with her. I'm letting her know I love her. Um, I'm absolutely not letting her go. Now, I know that doesn't work for everybody. Um, I know for some people, they have to walk away. Right. Uh, they don't want restraining orders against them. They don't want their kid calling the police. <laughs> I, I mean, but in your heart and in your mind and in your prayers, you don't have to give up. Right. Um, for me, that got me through a hard time saying i am never gonna give up i i, I don't want to drive my kid crazy or yeah. push her away but i will never give up awesome 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 well that's that's a great note to leave on i think and i think all we could all use that like you said sometimes that's not possible but um you know some people aren't there i should say and uh but I think that's a great. great it is point. a great note to um, to leave on. But I, I also want to say to you, you've been a huge help to me and to many others. You've been such a blessing and such a comfort. And um, you know, we we talked before this. You told me you're not a psychologist or a counselor, but you could be. <laughs> I mean, you're so understanding and comforting and open and you are providing a wonderful service for families and um, you're providing hope and understanding. Um, and I, I love, I love your show. Oh, thank you. I, I, I really appreciate that it means the world to me really. And I love all your guests. <laughs> they have been pretty awesome. They yes. Pretty awesome. Um, yes. I know um, um, I spoke to um, uh, Amy Palmer the other day. She does that peace organization. And uh, she said ever since she's she's been on there, her, her Zoom calls that she talked about have been through the roof. There's so many people logging in. I actually attended one a few weeks ago and there was like 30 people on the call. Um, it's, it was crazy. One of which was an estranged child. So, um, so it's been, been quite a journey. I thank you that I cannot, sometimes it's difficult to, you know, like I said earlier, to keep, keep things going and keep ideas and whatever. So, um, that God really, is using you. God is using you. I agree. I agree. So, well, thank you. And um... brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. 
Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.